get it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to Pod Me If You Can. This is Pod Me If You Can. Movie reviews by David and Lloyd. An Australian podcast on your favorite movies. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. Today we're looking at Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. And uh, heads up, guys, we've seen the film, so spoilers from here on out. Lloyd, there's a lot in the trailers of this film. Um, I was very worried going in. I suppose my major concern is that Batman fights Superman to a stalemate and uh, then they form the Justice League by the end or the, you know, the bones are there for the Justice League. So I kind of thought there'd be no surprises and uh, it'd be very straightforward, I guess. What'd you think? It's, it, it, yeah, the, tr- the marketing really did hurt a lot of the power of this film, if, uh, especially with the climactic battle sequence. Should have been the most awesome sequence of the film, but because I'd seen that in the trailer, a lot of surprises, just a, a lot of the impact that this should have had was just completely destroyed. I think it was a disastrous choice, choice the marketing team had made. You know, when this film was first announced and i think it was on the trailer or or the credit sequence of man of steel i don't know if i remember that correctly but when i saw it was batman vs superman i thought it was such a fantastical idea that i it would have been farce like it just would have been they just couldn't pull it off um but i always had faith in Zack snyder i hated 300 i hated sucker punch but watchman was such an incredible movie the way he handled probably the greatest graphic novel ever made uh really brilliantly the only thing i'll say against it it's the um the gore was completely unnecessary but i actually think the movie is one of the best comic book movies ever made man of steel which we did a podcast on had a lot of issues but the incredible vision and snyder's ability to make amazing action sequences still remained intact in that movie and it wasn't that bad the film like it it wasn't a, a complete disaster like superman returns and let's not forget how bad the original series of movies went like especially with three four five like so a man of steel like although we had issues with it it wasn't that bad of a movie um but with batman versus uh, superman dawn of justice huge anticipation for it the only problems i had with it is that it's too bloated there are too many scenes that took me out of the movie made me confused and it you know there were just scenes that i just didn't feel were necessary and it increased the length of the film and i was a, a confused a lot of times which we'll get to and there's a lot of stuff in there to introduce i guess the next run of justin league or justin justice justice league League, (laughs) uh, movies like um especially when wonder woman's looking at a trailer for each one i thought that was just so unnecessary i would have preferred to just to look at a pdf file and then there's like five different pictures of people and then you just sort of get an impression rather than you're sitting through watching all these trailers yeah i mean let's talk about that first so when uh, Bruce Wayne originally looks at the documents they stole from Lex, the first one is a W. Okay, Wonder Woman. That's fairly straightforward. She opens it. I thought the lightning bolt. Oh, yeah, that's probably Flash, which, of course, we do see eventually when Wonder Woman's looking at it. And then uh, there's Cyborg, which I don't really know much about Cyborg. Not me either. Little... But then when they showed the um, the Aquaman bit, and I've, I've gone on record on this podcast as 
saying, oh, look, Aquaman is the one I'm most worried about. I feel will fall the hardest. You know, I do not think people need an Aquaman movie. I feel like he's going to be the Hulk of the DC universe. You know, just... He's better as a support character rather than... Yeah, 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 not able to hold his own movie and not able to do a successful one up. I'm not that interested, you know. Anyway, they lingered on him for so long. I know, I was just like, uh, are we done here? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, what are we doing? Why are we... Are we meant to, like, be checking out his tattoos? What's going (laughs) on? Oh, he's got his trident. He's taking a million years to destroy this underwater camera. I was like, what is happening? I should probably say that I've come straight from the the theatre to do this podcast so 18 minutes ago i was uh, watching for the after titles i uh, sorry the after the credits scene which there wasn't one yeah I, I looked it up as i was waiting i went is there a uh, credit post credit sequence and when i saw there wasn't i got out of the movie and you saw this in 3d i did how so pointless was it in 3d people... <laughs> how, how pointless was it in 3d yeah well when the when it started and we got the um the batman the pearls history of the pearls yeah i was like oh cool these pearls are awesome maybe this 3d is gonna it's gonna be good but that was about yeah, all even the big fantastical action sequences didn't utilize 3d at all it was it's not, not a real all. 3d movie like age of apocalypse like uh brian singer is shooting an actual 3d movie same as ridley scott same as uh robert Rodriguez and james cameron etc but uh i do know Zack snyder doesn't shoot in 3d it did look like it was done after the fact. The first thing I've written on my notes, Lloyd, is the events of Man of Steel. They matter. You know, we got that 18 months ago flashback for the Bruce. The beginning of this movie has a great opening where Bruce is racing to the building in Metropolis. And by the way, I didn't know Gotham and Metropolis were so close to each other. I thought they were like LA and New York or, or Chicago and New York. I didn't know they were so close. But that experience of seeing Superman's impact on people. And I really felt that, like, we were like ants to the mercy of these gods. I thought it was really brilliant, that opening. I thought nobody seemed to have learned anything from 9-11. Or that hasn't happened in their universe. But, uh, you know, when buildings around you are falling, the people, including Bruce's dad... It wasn't his dad. I think he was saying Jack. I thought that as well. Yeah, okay. I thought, I thought Why is he saying father. Jack? I thought his dad. Um, is this an adopted dad? Yeah, I thought it was some kind of weird parental like relationship. Yeah, same. Because I swear he's saying dad, he's saying dad, and I, I heard on an interview the, the guy corrected aggressively, going, "No, no, you're saying Jack." And the guy's like, oh, "Okay." Because okay. I was like, they spent the opening scene telling us, you know, his parents were shot. Jeffrey Dean Morgan plays Thomas Wayne, and then he's saying dad. I was confused immediately, but then the um the scenes in the street you know all right jack is watching the buildings around him fall and he's saying get out of the building they're so slow to react like it's like they've never had a disaster of this magnitude i, I want to say i'd be one of those people going let's get the hell out of here but if an alien spacecraft was outside i'd probably be like oh my god <laughs> but surely you'd get to the streets wouldn't you take your photos and videos from there i don't know <laughs> well that um that leads me to the one of the more laughable moments i thought where uh to in order to endear us to a character you know there's i've mentioned this before there's a blake snyder book called save the cat and it tells you that in order for for us to like your lead character they need to you know do some heroic act like save a cat so that we're on their side so bruce runs towards the falling building i don't know what he's expecting to do catch it or something but uh it collapses around him and he sees the man who's been 
crushed by the uh, big metal, what do you call it? Like beam. Um, beam, sure. And he's, of course, important later. But then uh, he gets to save and hug a little girl as well. Like, immediately, all the instinct is, hey, we like this guy. He, he's the kind of guy that rescues people, you know? <laughs> he's Batman. I mean, ooh, uh, as well, the second note I've got here says... Are both their mums called Martha? Oh gosh, we'll we'll get we'll have to get to that part, Dave. But that really pissed me off. Like that dramatic moment at the point of killing Superman, and it was just because the, his mother shared the same name as his mum, and that reminded that brings him back to his humanity. Uh, We're both orphans. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, I, I'd i never put that together. I don't know if that's a construct of this movie. I remember Martha Wayne sounds familiar, but I don't... Or Martha Kent, sorry, sounds familiar. But I don't remember if it was Martha Wayne. You always remember Thomas Wayne. I don't think she gets much um, much airtime. But, yeah, that's the first thing I wrote. I was, I was on top of that twist before it came in. Yeah, and as well, the flying boy, like, with the bats flying around him. Obviously, it's a dream yeah, sequence. Yeah, uh, what do you think of the dream sequences? I, I personally didn't like them at all. It just made me too confused. Yeah, well, each one, I was like, okay, well, this is a dream sequence. Uh, are we you know, still in I a was, dream? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was thinking they really blew out the runtime of the film unnecessarily because... Who cares if Batman's having nightmares? You can uh, begin a scene with him waking up in a cold sweat. You don't have to show us well, the nightmare. Well, the best we nightmare it. sequences ever were, was in Batman, uh, the Tim Burton one, where he's picturing his uh, parents dying and it's revealed as Jack Nicholson, a young Jack Nicholson that shot his parents. And you really get the impression that, you know, this is a guy tormented forever from that incident. And then that, that's why he is Batman. But the way it's revealed, the way it's done, they don't abuse the dream sequences, uh, sequences at all. Here, I think it's used just a bit too much, too much like an advertisement for the possible Justin, Justice Leagues. What I'm saying is that they were unnecessary. And I know they've got to do a lot of backstory, but we all know who Batman is. You know, I mean, this movie doesn't necessarily have to stand alone. I agree. Okay. Anyway, you know, they, they have to show us that his parents are dead and he found a cave with bats. The scuba, I thought, immediately looked awesome in 3D. Um, you know, where they dive and find the big lump of kryptonite. But that lasted about 10 seconds. <laughs> Uh, before they cut to Lois in Africa. And um, what's his name? Callan Mulvey, who was originally on Heartbreak High in Australia. He was one of the guys in uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. You know, he's like a henchman type. He's doing bloody well for himself. He gets to be the Russian in this film. Good on him. Yeah, he's an Australian actor going places, isn't he? You know, the other whole Africa sequence was just our way of touching base and seeing that Superman's still into Lois Lane. Uh, he's there to, uh, I guess, protect her, which he has to save her so many times in this movie. Then, you know, we get a bath time scene with Lois Lane, who doesn't wash her hair or anything above her neck. <laughs> She's fantastic. She's very pretty. <laughs> oh, look. I mean, the whole time I was thinking, are we getting some breast in this? Yeah, yeah. Is there nudity like, here? <laughs> I mean, in 3D? <laughs> 3D breasts. <laughs> the voice changer for Batman. I think that was a good touch. Um, apparently they do that in the show Arrow as well. Kevin Smith on his podcasts, have, he's talked about, you know, that they should have a voice changer. He's talked about the fact that Batman's voice needs to be, you know, adapted and easy, easily enough 
to use the voice changes and and yeah they they used it to some effect i thought it's it was a, good it's a much better device than what christian bale tried to do in uh the original dark knight tr- oh, i can't i can't say the original dark knight trilogy but the the past the christopher nolan dark trilogy Knight's, uh, yeah yeah the the voice in that as we've discussed over and over again was just absolutely disastrous where is she i, I can't do it um obviously i'm not batman <laughs> But uh, he shouted, where is she, about Rachel. And did you notice Superman got to yell, where is she, in this one, about Martha? So, you know, mimicking each other, running out of dialogue in these Batman-Superman films. Well, Christopher Nolan did, uh, was an executive producer. That's right. Uh, Like, Holly Hunter plays the senator, uh, Finch, I think her name is. And there's, like, a small political thriller element that plays out. And the movie has that dichotomy on the impact of Superman on the world. Is he a guy that's simply trying to do the right thing? Is it right to have Superman exercise his powers at all? Do we even need Superman? And the deity aspect as well. Like it's emphasized in those scenes where that woman's reaching out to Superman in a flood. And of course the Mexico's Day of the Dead scene where they all reach out to him like a god. I loved all of that. They they raise all the questions that you that you know um, has never really been raised in a Superman movie before. Uh, I I don't think, and they go into it a little bit, and it only breaks that political thriller. The the whole question of um, do we need Superman once Lex Luthor rises, How, when he enters the picture, it it sort of seems like a oh, human villainy will always rise, and we have to like the film takes a different turn. Um, you know, I, I respect the film so much for introducing such intelligent um, and very philosophical ideals. It just didn't really explore it fully enough. Uh, I guess this isn't a movie about that. It has to um, include so many other things. But the fact that it did have that um, dichotomy is is really interesting. I was thinking about Lex Luthor, and, and I know that at some point he's going to go bald in the movie you know i think they really i gotta images. tell you everyone hates uh eisenberg's performance of lex luther the the fans are just going so aggressive against him apparently tom hanks was who they wanted which really well yeah i mean that's such a departure from where jesse eisenberg is i mean anyway um because of uh cloud atlas or something but well jesse eisenberg's who we got and for me, Jesse Eisenberg, he's been Academy Award nominated for The Social Network, and that's fine. He's playing a real person, and he plays it very well, but he's always played some shade of exactly himself. Yeah, I, I, I loved Eisenberg in this. The only issue I had with him were his motives were all over the place. I think the writing of him was a bit confused. Like, they introduced too many things. Like, he hates gods mm-hmm. or something. A political agenda, maybe. He's, then he says his dad beat him up. And then, of course, there's simply ego, which I think this is the direction they should have just focused on. Like, I love the idea of a more younger Lex Luthor, like the superpowers of today are these young programmers making billion-dollar websites like Facebook. And I feel Jesse Eisenberg embodies that modern idea. I think it should have been ego as his main point of motivation like here is superman who everyone loves and he's envious of that and this new alien race with their technology he wants to learn learn it all and master it maybe the frankenstein aspect should have been introduced a bit earlier as well where he creates doomsday yeah i mean that was kind of a we knew he was coming and we knew wonder woman was going to join the fight both of those moments should have had bigger impact but um 
like you say, they were all ruined in the marketing. I always felt Lex Luthor represented a distorted reflection of us. Like, he is scared of Superman and superheroes, and this fear leads to hate and terrorism, not to get all Yoda, but, um, you know, he is genuinely afraid and he's genuinely um, jealous, and he always represents, like, a distorted reflection of us. Well, there's the line in the film where he says, knowledge without power, at the party he's doing a speech and he's annoyed that he's clearly talking about himself, that he is the smartest person in the room, he's most knowledgeable, but he has no power. You know, he's no match for a Superman or even a Batman. And so that's what frustrates him is that he feels he should be more powerful than he is. Um, Probably ultimately what leads him to put his own DNA into Doomsday. Mm. You know, it's kind of like his own baby, you know, next generation Luther. But um, I was just going to talk about the fact that they shave his head. I mean, I know it because of the marketing and stuff that it was going to happen. And it... If you look at um, X-Men Apocalypse, we know at some point um, Professor X is going to shave his head, you know. There's the final shot of the trailer is uh, James McAvoy sitting in the chair with his shaved head. And I felt like, why bother doing that to Lex Luthor? Like, let's reimagine him. Yeah. Why do we have to ha- Why do we have to match what, what's come before? Anyway, he um, by the end of this film, he winds up in prison, which is, you know, where Gene Hackman starts in one of the movies. So, I mean, they're just sort of... They're nodding to all the originals, but they don't need to. I thought that was, you know, just reimagine Lex Luthor. It would have been much more fun to have some kind of um, fire or something that burns off all his hair in the, in the next movie, you know? Like, just to simply have him having his head shaved was just kind of um, a letdown, I think. What do you think of uh, Ben Affleck? Oh, look, generally good. Um, I like the look of the Batman, the small bat ears on the helmet... Uh, the fact that they incorporated like that robotic suit with the, uh, you know, the metal suit with like the light eyes. I was happy with the Batmobile. He even got a bat wing kind of flying machine that Alfred could take control of. Generally, it was good. I think ultimately his Bruce Wayne wasn't bad, which is probably what helps him like win us over. He's kind of the hero of it too, whereas Superman becomes kind of the villain. Well, what about Jeremy Irons as um, Alfred? pretty forgettable okay yeah Yeah, i mean he he had um he was supposed to really be the comic relief of this film and this is probably my ultimate problem is that man of steel was very unfunny we talked about that on the podcast he can't do comedies the snyder (laughs) yeah but i mean dc everybody said this is so unfunny uncharming we know you've gone for gritty but there can still be jokes i felt like my audience and it's friday night you know i watched it 8 15 at night in 3d and nobody's laughing nobody's having a good time there was that line where diane lane says uh, gets saved by ben affleck's batman and and he says i'm a friend of your sons and then she's like i figured and i f- think that was meant to be funny but there was lines like that where i was like oh that's meant to be amusing nobody reacted to and i'm in a very packed audience you know i, I actually really like jeremy irons as um alfred it's interesting how much like small roles that you saw in the original movies like they just gave it to non-big actors now are populated with extremely great actors like you had michael Caine playing alfred in the dark knight trilogy by nolan and he is a very very powerful presence and gives some of the most emotional dialogue and scenes in the whole entire trilogy and jeremy irons is an extraordinary actor 
um when he chooses to be he's hot and cold like if he doesn't like the movie he'll let you know he doesn't like the movie but you know he's he's got such a presence like i was constantly constantly like going wow that's jeremy irons and there's a very bitter relationship between the two like uh ben affleck is playing a batman post the death of robin he's a guy and i know a lot of these sequences were dream sequences but it just seems like batman is now a guy who's willing to take a gun if he has to to shoot and kill a villain He's not yeah. going to screw around and not kill him, which really kind of, kind of trashes what Christopher Nolan spent three films trying to build up, um, I feel. Like yeah, th- but I this, mean, this is like yeah, years later, obviously. Yeah, this, this Batman is a guy who would have killed Bane in five seconds. Like, Bane would have been like, let's do this, and he would have just, you know, what um, uh, Christoph Waltz did in Django Unchained, a gun would have popped out, and bam, he just would have shot him. You know, no screwing around with the fist sort of thing. The Indiana Jones method. <laughs> uh, I like that. Uh, but, but I really like how there were just touches of that. It didn't bother to go into that too much. It's just that moment where he looks at Robin's, and only the comic book fans would really get that, where he looks at Robin's suit, and then he sees the the joker writing on it so obviously he's got a very shattered past and it's just letting you know that this is not the batman you've seen in previous films like this is a much more ruthless savage and crossfit (laughs) batman (laughs) (laughs) the the joker's writing said ha ha jokes on you batman and it refers to you know the death of robin i really thought after the credits we would see some kind of joker sequence where he was in his cell ranting or you know a padded cell wearing um, a straight jacket or like batman comes to see him or they like, kept the joker cards in the deck dave surprisingly look i mean the thing is you're setting up for suicide squad next because that's the next film from dc you really have to marvel's done a good job demonstrating what you have to do here you need to connect dots. You need to have us finish Batman Superman and go, oh my gosh. You need to have all the fanboys. Either that or not have it at all. Mm. All the fanboys need to be speculating about what that final post credit sequence means, you know. Uh, like... Well, what do those videos mean? What do, what, what was um, uh, Aquaman trying to say when that video was on him for ages? <laughs> mm. You know, the entire sequence of um, where, where Wonder Woman's looking at... Uh, the videos could have been post credits you know he could she could have been looking at the picture or whatever he could have written who are you blah 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 not even that i suppose you'd modify it slightly because they've met in the film now and they've talked uh, at the funeral and stuff uh you have her open up you know and he could just have the line which said boys shared can share two or something and then it would be those videos and then she could play each one and then it could just be a shot of her face and then cut to black you know and just by moving that to post credits i think that would have added like so much to it but where she watches in the film you're like shouldn't she be in a rush to, exactly yeah to help it, it, it that scene took me completely out of the movie and a lot of others like there's two dream sequences in this that specifically just confused me one where it it was featured so much in the trailer where batman asks for sonic and they show him and it's a bomb and he goes no and he's really worried about his the guys he's surrounded with dying like it's in the desert i'm assuming a post-apocalyptic world or something like that and just the place that way yeah just the the straight cut of it is just like okay this is so jarring why why are we here 
and then um batman does a tremendous fight great great action sequence where he's you know gunning down all these guys and then there are those bug things flying in the background i'm all sure the guards are wearing like superman badges on their shoulders too. that's right so. i'm sure the comic book fans know exactly what this scene means and then uh batman's tied up and superman comes down he's angry because he's I, i'm assuming lois lane is dead and with his eyes he he just kills three four people around batman and then he puts his hand on his heart and um uh, batman wakes up very very strong images there you're showing superman just killing people left and right you're showing a very dark world was that necessary like it's the stuff trailer bait is made of yeah isn't it? yeah like I, it does show the villainy that superman is capable of like I, I got the impression that man batman has every right to be scared of this guy because this guy is so powerful but at the same time you confused me you uh, added in all these things that my mind has to take in now like i don't think that worked and to feature it so heavily in the trailer made it even worse i think the second dream sequence was i'm assuming it's flash coming back in time saying it's lois it's like that that never pays off ever again in the whole movie like why have that sequence like i know that's trailer bait as you said but it was so confusing it was on my mind the whole time okay obviously that's going to pay off and it didn't like it's Mm. so ridiculous i suppose i I can't really answer that because i've only just seen it but uh what was weird for me in that sequence was that there was a dream within a dream because he wakes up from one dream sees the flash and then wakes up again so it's like some layers of inception type shit (laughs) so the whole the whole dream sequence in the desert where he fights i know it was heavily featured in the trailer and you were like who is this batman we're gonna get you know um there was a very long uh, unbroken take where he does all the fighting and that was very cool and obviously Brilliant. they got to choreograph some Brilliant, stuff that yeah. w- and that was what was good about it but then the thing that is a failure is the whole Flash sequence because if the Flash runs around the world fast enough does he go back in time because Superman can do that I don't know so the Flash is the only other person I would assume if he masters the you know speed of running around the earth he will go back in time or like reverse the earth or whatever superman did it in the original films as well uh to save lois lane so maybe what we're seeing there is actually something that hasn't happened yet and it's some justice league nod maybe that's something flash does where he runs back in time but i don't know how that can pay that off it it's just lois man lois you were right <laughs> yeah and at, at any point in the film does does uh, Bruce Wayne know that Clark Kent is Superman? Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he does because he's at the funeral. But that's by the end. Like, oh, so, so, uh, so before that? Yeah, before he knows Martha is the mother. Because for me, like, Batman is the world's greatest detective and he hasn't pieced together that like Clark is Superman despite just the glasses being his disguise. <laughs> Bruce Wayne is Batman? <laughs> <laughs> no no he's rich <laughs> I mean, that was obviously quoting gary oldman in the third one yeah he's the best stuff, detective in gotham and he couldn't figure it out <laughs> I, I love batman rises <laughs> just just to make that clear batman rises do you mean batman begins uh the dark knight rises dark knight rises bruce meets clark and they have that kind of you know 
party sequence where he says that we've had a bad history with freaks there, dressed as clowns. There's the clash of the two ideologies there that wasn't really explored. They just touched on it. And it's great how Superman can hear exactly what's going on. And yeah. he's following him, but he can't stick around. He And you get, I got from that impression, he can't be a detective like um, Batman. Batman can zero in on things and really get into um, a whole, uh, you know, uh, crime spy-like thing if he has to. Like, uh, we almost got like a Mission Impossible-esque moment there. Superman has to answer the cries. You know, he he's needed all over the world. He can't zero in on these little matters. Did you enjoy... Ben Affleck as Batman? I didn't ask. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I thought he was fantastic. Absolutely Great, fantastic. I, I was very defensive about Ben Affleck being announced as um, Batman, I'm proud to say. And um, I think a lot of people, as they say in the boxing community, have to eat crow. <laughs> um, that uh, I think people were worried, and, and rightfully so. I think because Warner Brothers should be worried because like this film has to do well. It, it, it's failing bad. Um, they, they've put a lot of money into it. I've heard rumors of upwards of 400 million um into 410 this. 410 is what I read. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's true. I think the movie only cost 2 to 250 million, but a lot but of then that marketing. Exactly. The marketing was very very aggressive in this and they they're saying it's a failure. I don't think it is a failure at all, but wait and see, I guess. Yeah, wait and see. Um when he leaves the party cuz Clark has to go save whoever's in that fire at the um the day of the dead. And they all treat him as a god and stuff. Uh, that was all just trailer fodder as well. All the shots of Superman where he's carrying someone. And well, I, it added to that idea of the deity that Superman is in this world. Like, um, we get a lot of imagery, like, with with the statues of him and then the, the, that person writes false god into it. I love that, that imagery, that um, the idea that some factors of humanity worship him as a god he maybe is a god of course uh but i think Zack snyder does go a bit uh, quite a bit too far and we'll get to that when we discuss the fight scene uh the actual fight scene between superman and batman um but i i I don't i don't i didn't mind that too much when um all the uh, the day of the dead people were trying to touch superman the um the introduction of wonder woman played by gal gadot the stunning gal gadot uh, yeah, you can hear dots. that accent. <laughs> you can hear that accent she has prominently in her sixteen lines in this film. But otherwise, um, I think she did a great job. I think they've got the look right for Wonder Woman. Yeah, I she think looks fantastic. The photograph, uh, which features Chris Pine, the actor, just to her left. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, oh, good spot. <laughs> well, yeah, he's going to be the the male love interest for her, and I guess in nineteen eighteen when the photo was taken and i'm guessing the other players there are you know supporting characters in her solo film what i like they didn't reveal anything about her other than that picture you get the impression that she's kind of an immortal and you know she's been around for a long time she's a warrior and um yeah that's it and she she looked so great in the scenes with bruce wayne like when they look at alexander's sword or that's not really alexander's sword and there's a little bit of a back and forth between them just absolutely fantastic and ben affleck is a sort of he's very he's a very dark bruce wayne like he admits to looking at checking out girls like when he's talking to clark and then he's um in that um sequence where he taps the phone hacks the the mobile phone of that um the the australian guy and well the russian i should say the russian played by the australian and just prior to that he's watching and he's kind of enjoying the bare knuckled fist fight just before that 
he's just there he's, he's not stopping it like the christopher nolan batman would have done sonic in there you know or, or at least commented on the brutality of it he doesn't he's just like yeah this is this is great that's the impression i got and, and he is checking nolan, out um, wonder woman you know yeah <laughs> as you would the, the, the christopher nolan uh well christian bale bruce wayne would never have been seen at a bare knuckle fighting contest no he, he would have came after that he would have been there with a woman on either arm saying this is the wrong room and, and then left the room you know the wonder woman intro where they meet at the party and stuff you know they were looking at the sword and you know saying it's not the real one you know what scene would have been fantastic there is like the mr and mrs smith scene where they dance uh the brad pitt angelina jolie scene i hate that movie i wish you would just quote batman returns between catwoman and batman how (laughs) even better dare you quote mr and mrs smith (laughs) sorry i hated that movie no it's fine i remember that the dialogue in the mr and mrs smith dance sequence was punchy and it made me think of like oceans 11 and you know the back and forth was there and uh you know perfect that you mentioned the whole catwoman dancing scene as well because for some reason if they had to dance then i feel like that there would have been more tension between them whereas at the at the movie's end i'm not sure that they're anything but sort of frontline fighters together you know there's no romance so even to just have them forced to dance like you know may i cut in or something just would have added something like a shading to yeah it. yeah and it would have been an opportunity to choreograph something into that sequence rather than them just standing at a case mm-hmm. and then walking for a few meters. Um, there would have been something to do. A, a lot of people actually having issues with Wonder Woman in this movie and the fact that they didn't reveal anything about her. I actually think that worked to the movie's strength. Like, just because you have a character come in at the end to help him in the battle and we don't know much about her doesn't take away from the the excitement of of the battle sequence like uh, a good example uh, how on um robert rodriguez handled the final battle scene in desperado he calls in two of his friends and they help out and it's still impactful although you don't get a strong backstory with those two guys you just get the impression okay he's just added two more guys to help him fight this big shootout sequence and i think that some backup yeah exactly and i think it kind of he zack snyder missed it a bit here but he he was kind of nearly there like and we'll get we'll get into it as we get up to doomsday and everything like that but it just wasn't built up enough and again the trailer really killed the impact of that moment when wonder woman jumps in and saves batman that should have we been should like, have cheered at exactly you should yeah. have been like um in jurassic world when you're like yes the t-rex yes yeah, you should have exactly. been like oh wonder woman that's awesome you know oh man what a miss we saw far too much of the third act in the trailers exactly and Zack far snyder has all the talent in the world to do as good of a build-up of that sequence with the great choreography the great um action sequence he's done and the work he's done on watchmen uh, just the marketing team heard it and um just a few little scenes that need to be fleshed out but you know yeah, it was fun <laughs> my next note here lloyd says wheelchair guy lois is following around this bullet who fucking cares <laughs> For me, these were the two subplots that I thought... She's the detective of the story, the detective thread that is piecing together um, that Lex Luthor is behind everything. And I like that. Um, I probably wanted to see more of that. More, I wanted to see more of that than Justice League um, uh, foreshadowing. For me, we all know Lex Luthor's a bad guy. For Lois to be dumber than the audience is, is pointless. And it should have been... She should have been like uh, the Mary Jane character in Spider-Man where she's just at home going, you don't need to go out there to Superman. I felt like she should have been, uh, you know, 
less less Lois Lane in this. Um, it was unnecessary. The real problem with Man of Steel was like, what was she doing in the middle of all that fighting? Dude, she's the dumbest part of this movie. Like, I like Amy Adams. She's an absolute stunner, and she's a great choice um, as uh, um, Lois Lane. But man, they shoehorn her. Into, into all these scenes. I know oh my god why does she throw the spear like why <laughs> oh she threw it into the water and then later she gets stuck in oh, the water oh my eyes were rolling at that part I'm yeah just like, what anyway what, what, um what? so I, th- I thought she she didn't need to do that whole following the bullet bit just to introduce the character from Man of Steel um the general and the wheelchair guy you could have had the one scene where he was arrested sort of just show that it felt like there was too much. All those scenes could have been edited down. I'd love to know what they cut out of this film. Now, there's apparently a three-hour cut that's rated R that um, uh, Zack Snyder keeps talking about. Um, he goes, "Oh, you know that that's the that's the big one. I, I'd really prefer that one to have been released." And uh, I I think his director cuts are pretty good. Like Watchmen, the director's cut has some fantastic scenes that unfortunately didn't make the theatrical cut. Um, but I. I think this movie needed less. Um, I really do. And I hope it isn't the case we see that three-hour cut and it's just more Justice League foreshadowing. The scene where Batman's watching the truck at the docks, uh, they're loading the box onto it, and he shoots that, like, um, little bat tracker device. Which amazingly still stayed intact. (laughs) That's the problem I have. Why didn't... When Superman stops Batman from the pursuit... Wouldn't Superman have looked at what is Batman doing here and his x-ray vision would have seen the kryptonite? Or am I looking too much into that? Well, he doesn't seem to ever use the x-ray vision. Like, Like he he didn't see the bomb, and I understand that. He wasn't looking for it. Maybe, um... He didn't hear it ticking or anything. Maybe Lex Luthor put a shield over it? No, I just think he wasn't looking for it. Like, he was... Like, he, was, he wasn't listening for ticking or anything, but he can hear underwater, he can hear Lois Lane going tap, 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 trying to, you know, not drown. Wait a minute, there's a bomb in here! <laughs> mm. No, that was very convenient that his little Batman tracking device didn't didn't um, get knocked off the truck. And I just watched uh, Street Fighter again the other night. Chun-Li does, like, a forward roll and then throws a tracking device into the side of a truck. <laughs> I was, like, just comparing the two. Dave, uh, you're going to get so much hate for bringing that up. <laughs> for bringing up Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the um, the line where he says, do you bleed? And he says, you will. You know, which was used in the publicity and stuff, which everyone thought, oh, my gosh, he's such a badass. Yes. He flies away, and then Batman under his breath goes, you will. And then imagine if Superman came back and went, what was that? I've got <laughs> super hearing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing, nothing. I just was asking if you bleed. <laughs> yeah, look, Diane Lane, it was nice to see her back. And, that, and nice her. to see um, Kevin Costner. Yeah, that was strange. Oh, no. That was unnecessary. I, I, I mean, do like ghosts in movies, um, but he's just too... Um, like, like the problems we had with... Uh, um, What's his name? He played the father of Superman, Russell Crowe. Um, yeah, he he just had he was just too. Uh, I guess the word is, I don't, I don't know. He just knew too much. Like uh, the dialogue he was coming out doesn't sound like Superman would be projecting him as a ghost. You know what I mean? Like it just sounded too. Uh, I don't know, articulate maybe. And how can a, how can ghost Kevin Costner tell you a story that you didn't know? Yes, before? that's that's what I mean. Yes, I just yeah. can't put it into words. <laughs> I'll tell you what. 
I would have, if you really have to have a Kevin Costner scene, it should have been the opening scene of the film. Like, uh, that's something that happened years ago. Uh, or when he's unconscious in space after the nuclear explosion. Oh, yeah, have, yeah. Like, had him dreaming about it. And he could have been there with his dad talking about whatever. Uh, but where it was in the film was like he was I don't want to be Superman anymore and he went back to his moody beanie wearing Man of Steel well, that, that was the, um, the solitude moment isn't it? the Fortress of Solitude mm. yeah yeah and he was and he t- talks back to Kevin Costner which is it's all very strange and unnecessary yeah I, I wouldn't mind him just hacking away at wood and then he just says oh, I miss you dad and uh, he goes I miss you son and he goes yeah, I miss you too dad and um, I was shocked that Russell Crowe didn't appear like that's how I was just like alright are they going to go there as well yeah well I mean if you've seen Russell Crowe in his new trailer for The Nice Guys with Ryan Gosling he's gotten kind of fat <laughs> like I mean it's, it happens people get older you know you carry a few more kilos I don't think he fits into the spandex of Man oh, of they Steel they got anymore. CGI they could have shaved off a few uh, kilos look they could have just put his head on another body like Arnie in the Terminator but um, Diane Lane, I just want to highlight one thing that I wrote down here. She is giving him advice and she's like, Clark, just be what they need or be none of it, which is the most paradoxical thing to say. Like, do it or don't do it. I don't care. You know, <laughs> it was just terrible advice. And I was thinking, oh, you know, she's she's going to have more scenes, isn't she? And of course, she's kidnapped later. <laughs> The oldest lie in America is that power can be innocent. And that's what he says to her right before he blows them up in the um, in the Congress hearing. You know, Granny's peach tea, so I'm guessing that was piss. Is that what she said? I'm pretty sure. See, I just kind of was half listening to that line when, when uh, they were talking about Granny's peach tea. But then when it was written there, I was like, oh, wait, what was that? Like, okay, so urine, right. Yeah, Superman was never real. And there was that awkward kind of shoehorning in of the S meaning hope as well, where Amy Adams' character is saying, you know, you give them hope, and then she touches the S, you know, and this means something, she says, (laughs) which is like really heavy-handedly saying, if you've seen the first film, you know that the S means hope. And that was like a big joke in the trailer for Man of Steel as well. You know, his world's destroyed, he's having all these problems, Batman takes the kryptonite, and that's where uh, we had this argument before where it was like, Superman is too powerful, right? You have to either make Batman more powerful or make Superman weaker for them to fight. Because Batman v Superman, you would think Superman's going to win, right? So the kryptonite was always going to come into play as soon as we saw it uh, dug up in the scuba exhibition. And um, I suppose we should just jump straight into Batman fighting Superman because, uh, you know, Batman's a brawler, Lloyd, and I know you've, you've analysed oh, UFC yes. here. Oh, yeah, because I'm, I'm a fan <laughs> of Zack Snyder and his action sequences, but th- this was brilliant. Um, due to the kryptonite, you can see Superman... Um, like, it's now on even terms. Like, the moment he fired that bullet, the smoke comes up, he's more humanised. And you can clearly see Superman has no actual boxing skills or fighting skills at all. And clearly, Batman is superior when it comes to the hand-to-hand combat. And he is destroying Superman. Superman doesn't really need any fighting skills at all. Like, he's, he has incredible strength. And the moment they met, Superman just flicked at him just moved his fingers and batman was just 
you know going through walls and i love um the detail of ben affleck like he's really grunting despite this supernatural armor he's got all this biotech armor that he's got all over him and the super crossfit training montage we saw just prior to that he's really feeling the pain at every single um uh breath that superman just took just seemed to blow at him you know he's just really feeling it and um you know uh the choreography there for batman and superman was just absolutely brilliant and batman wins it too at the end he like he he has him at the the worst possible moment which is a great point and i I won some money there too (laughs) (laughs) i i I just think Zack snyder at that part went too far with the religious imagery like he ties superman's legs and then he drags him and then you know they felt unnecessary yeah it was just really hammering to the audience there and then he takes the spear which is obviously a representation of the spear that went into like the roses exactly and i know i knew snyder wouldn't dare do what brian singer did with superman returns where kevin spacey literally stabbed superman in the ribs with a kryptonite knife referencing that christian story um but at this point in the film i felt the drama was really lacking batman does not kill superman because the mothers share the same name like it's just what (laughs) and it's where like i guess the idea is he comes to his humanity the moment he discovers oh superman actually has a mother too that's the idea of it it just doesn't work like there's a million other scenarios they could have had at that moment like that it was just too flimsy i would have just preferred batman after he scarred him in the face like going you will bleed and standing over the dying superman lois they're going don't do it he he has to throw away the spear in rage because he just can't kill him he just can't do it he's he's batman it's just not in his dna to kill someone at that point and this would have allowed you you could have dropped that whole origin story as well without the whole martha reference hammering to the audience's head would you have accepted like if lois lane said she loved him and you know tried to talk batman down because i i would have thought in that situation bruce would have just knocked her away like are you kidding me do you know how much crap i've had to put up with in this fight (laughs) yeah um for me as i was watching it it very much felt like in professional wrestling how one person dominates for a while you know superman was winning and then there's a turnabout where uh batman shoots the krypton's kryptonite spray and kind of he starts winning for a while and then as he's punching the jaw it starts to get clink i agree with you and some of those pro wrestling fights are brilliantly choreographed i have nothing against pro wrestling yeah and so i was watching it and i was like okay there's a real back and forth and they've got a real nice mix of um of who's going to win you know that's the hashtag they're pushing who will win um for batman superman and i mean i feel like everybody sort of knows they'll both be fine and they'll both be in justice league at some point well the trailer ruined that again because you knew that um what who, they weren't going to kill each other and they'll join forces exactly with exactly uh the whole thing with lex where he goes to the alien ship and he kind of uh creates doomsday with his dna there was a sequence where he had zod's body and he cuts off the fingertips and i know he's just testing it for kryptonite and whatever but I literally thought he was going to use the, the fingerprints to, like, be identification in the ship. Well, you know, he does. Like, he gets access to the door. Yeah, he, he does get in. And he gets access to... They have 100,000 worlds uh, that he learns about. And as we, we, we learn when he's in prison, ding dong, they've rung the bell. 
They've summoned he's on his way, he's coming. Like, Lex Luthor knows what villain is going to be in Justice League, basically. I'm guessing it'll be a Thanos-type villain. Yeah. <laughs> which is funny, because it's like Marvel and DC are repeating each other. I think there's a... It's really interesting, too, that Batman Superman has come out just before Captain America Civil War, because they're both hero versus hero, you know, and they've tried to scoop the pool by being first, but I really feel like Civil War's going to be better. I think so, too. And the danger here... Like, Civil War's supposed to have, like, 60-something heroes in it. You know, we're going to see Spider-Man, we're going to see all these people, and Black Panther's going to be introduced, and I feel like there's so much more they can do because we love Iron Man and people love Captain America. I'm I'm 50-50 on him, uh, you know... I'm Team Iron Man, Lloyd. Where are you? Um, I'll have to see where Iron Man is coming from. Um, Because with that question, I can only go with the looks and the films that I've liked. I don't know what exactly sparks the the battle between them. Um, And I've seen both trailers. I'm just too dumb to piece it together. Uh, (laughs) I want to talk about Doomsday, um, which I think actually is a very overrated storyline from the Superman universe. I think he's very poorly designed here. He looks like Michael Bay's Ninja Turtles. Like, all those memes that came out there are 100% correct. I think he looks really dumb. And the CGI isn't great. I would have liked to have seen Doomsday embody more of a demon, uh, like uh, what's depicted in the paintings. That um, Or the dream sequence at the graves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that bat. Um, what, what Doomsday is in this movie, and I really like this idea, is that he's a manifestation of Lex Luthor's fear, ego, envy, ambition, and hate. He's a demon born from the worst in humanity. He's also a representation of the brilliance and ingenuity of humanity as well, that a human could master an advanced alien race their technology and make something so powerful from it and the design should have reflected that a bit more i think the designer should have looked at the black paintings of goya looked at the monsters in those works because they represent both the biblical aspect that snyder kept referencing all throughout this movie and man of steel as well as the darkness of humanity that doomsday embodies i think um that battle sequence as well i was very exhausted coming into that uh, mainly because of batman vs superman that fight scene was so powerful and then we go oh that's right we got an hour godzilla-esque fight sequence where they have to fight this monster you know and i, th- I think it actually looked pretty good it was just that uh, dramatically at that point i was just exhausted true i mean it's two hours into the film where batman fights superman and then You've got to get through that to to get to Doomsday, who I thought... I mean, I haven't seen these memes, but I can see how he looks like a Michael Bay Ninja Turtle. Uh, for me, I was thinking he looked like one of the Balrogs from Lord of the Rings, um, which was like a brief encounter they have. Um, He's yeah. Zod, but a very mutated Zod, isn't he? Effectively. I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I'm not too familiar with Doomsday from the comics, so... I I read it ages ago, and I also watched the cartoon that was released several years as well. Um, I I didn't think it was that great. Did you like how um, nobody really refers to her as Lois Lane? He refers to her as Low, and... What do you think of all um, all the journalistic sequences where... You know, you got Lawrence Fishburne coming in, constantly screaming, what about this headline? What about that headline? Clark, Where's Clark? Clark, why aren't you <laughs> reporting on the football? The, the sport, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was funny how he was like, the rollout of newspapers and stuff, like, there's no digital media. Even though, like, there's all these 
files and things you're seeing constantly newspapers are still a really really big deal well it's such a great dramatic point or such a great area that they can delve into with the whole media and newspaper like the daily planet has always been a great center point for drama and or you know especially you can discuss so many different um areas um it just calls out for so many different subjects that it could venture into it's barely it's just a meeting point really in this film isn't it where a few worlds collide and then they just brush off again i need a helicopter to get to gotham all right go go ahead you know it's just just a tool casually yeah yeah exactly just i mean that was just the only way they could get lois to be at that fight which i don't think she needed to be at i just thought she was in all the wrong places yeah she was was shoehorned too much in there very much and that was the problem with the first one look uh there's that sequence where batman says to superman martha won't die tonight right and then he gets in the batmobile and drives to where callan mulvey is and uh fights and all through that fight scene, which took forever, I was like, where is Superman? I love that fight sequence, Dave. That's one of the best fight sequences I've ever seen. <laughs> and, and I'm fine with it. It was a great fight, fight sequence. But when Callan Mulvey's there with the, uh, the flamethrower at the end, I was thinking, Superman, there's a window behind him. Isn't Superman going to come in through that window or something? The whole time I'm thinking, they've left each other. They know Martha's in trouble. Superman is faster than a speeding bullet, and yet after the whole uh, Martha rescue scene, Superman arrives to see Lex Luthor. You know what I mean? Like, the timing, what's he doing in between? I had a real problem with that. He was talking to Lex. Lex Lex Luthor um, calls through and he goes, tell me the bad news, and Batman responds. So, in the time that Superman has taken to fly to, I guess, Metropolis. Metropolis which isn't that far as we've seen my issue is like he's taken to he's flown there and during that time batman's had time to drive his car you know the plane sorry that then alfred takes control of fight everybody rescue her and then respond i've only just seen the film so maybe i've missed something but i felt like where the fuck is superman like now you guys have teamed up you both have a mum called martha where's superman going and also uh uh Alfred had a drone as well there that I thought he was going to shoot through the windows yeah. to give uh, Batman support. Because, yeah, because he had that awesome vision. Like, he could literally see through the walls and see through heat sensors where everyone was. Look, uh, one more thing about Doomsday is he's basically Zod's body, right? That's been mutated. Um, but when he's sort of standing in front of, I think it was a LexCorp sign and shouting and he's getting shot at and stuff... There's a pretty clear shot that he's naked. Yeah. You didn't and see he's a doodle. down there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was, maybe it's like a turtle, like it's hidden and it only comes out when he needs to produce. I mean, maybe, but if that's what people from Krypton, Krypton are like, then what's Lois doing with Clark? Well, it, if he w- should have been nude, it's interesting how Zack Snyder would shy away from that considering, you know, there were kind of... The Watchmen. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean... If there's an R-rated version of this, maybe it's because he's nude. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look, I mean, it's been a long time since Man of Steel. Do you think uh, it's all sort of evolved well? I mean, are you happy with how the DC universe is evolving? People don't like this film. It's got like 35% on Rotten Tomatoes. Generally, a lot of the critics are giving it two stars. 
I, I I thought this film wasn't that bad. There are too many great moments in this movie that I really enjoyed for me to say it was a complete and utter disaster. I also had a lot of issues with this movie, which I discussed all throughout this podcast, mainly the dream sequences and, of course, the length of time. But Ben Affleck was brilliant. I really like um, Henry Cavill as uh, Superman. I think he's a great I Superman. I think it's Cavill. But Cavill, yeah. sorry. Cavill. Um, Cavill. Uh, I think he's a great Superman. Lois Lane's great. The, the world is great, and I have a lot of faith in Zack Snyder. I just wish he'd get a better screenwriter. Like, just just hack out the script a bit better, like, and just trim it a lot down. Uh, but uh, other than that, I, you know, I came out of it going, oh, that was a lot of fun, you know? For me, uh, the one thing I did notice a lot of mentions was uh, when they do the nuke with Superman into the sky. Now he's another character that survived a nuke, and that's fine. The Doomsday character crashes down, and they say, oh, he's crashed on this whatever island. And everybody goes, that's abandoned. That's abandoned, you guys. Don't worry. There's By the way, no, no, no one's there. <laughs> no casualties. And then um, Wonder Woman asks Batman, why did you bring him here? And he's like, it's abandoned. And there's a weapon here that can kill him. <laughs> so, like, lots of mentions of, don't worry, there's no civilian casualties this time around. <laughs> I had some of the issues with the choreography of Wonder Woman. Um, her fighting, there's a few times where Godot, Godot um, was smiling. A few times, I don't think she should have smiled. It took away from the power of um, uh, of Doomsday, and maybe Doomsday should have been killing. Like they should have had another hero there that he killed just to show the power of him. You know, maybe. And he, it, he it, just... it, would, it would have been an African hero, of course. <laughs> Damn man, I got this, and you know, he's like one of those comedy relief, and then he gets eaten half. No, Jimmy, you know, and it makes everyone <laughs> fight harder. You know, uh, j- just to build up that power because. Um, Again, the, when they all link up, you should have been yelling at that sequence when you had that hero shot of Batman with the gun. The three. Mm-hmm. With, with the three of them, uh, Wonder Woman and uh, Superman. I heard it's referred to as the Trinity or something like that. Um, that should have been the moment where you're jumping up going, yes, yes, but all the all the power completely destroyed by that trailer absolutely disastrous decision the ma- the marketing team made in showing all that um but doomsday should have been built up a lot more he should have killed a couple of people just to show that he is a real threat and other than this big godzilla sequence i'm not, I'm not putting down godzilla but it just became i was just emotionless watching wonder woman try to tie him up or you know hitting him with swords and he keeps getting stronger and stronger you know and how, how did you feel when you actually saw superman die you're like oh it's the death of superman or did you know he was going to die never believed it for a second um with all the religious stuff i'm assuming in three days he rises <laughs> Well, I didn't think he was going to die in the movie, and then the film took another, felt like another 20 minutes to show the funeral sequence. So they got Clark Kent dead in um, Kansas. Does everyone know he's Clark Kent now? Superman's Clark Kent? Or are they burying. No. Okay. Two separate funerals. Okay. Um, those who really know he was Superman appear to be just Wonder Woman and. What did it say Batman. in the newspaper in reference to that? Clark Kent dies or something? Well, it was a few pages in. It was like one of our own was killed in all the carnage like he was on the scene reporting or whatever but here's the thing they've they've got an empty box for superman right why if if he's alive in there right why would he ever get in the coffin why couldn't they have an empty box for clark as well well but superman is actually dead isn't he i don't think so the final shot of the film well yeah i'm pretty sure he's actually dead in in the movie he actually dies and they buried clark kent and they got an empty box for 
the Superman that dies in in Metropolis that they bury in Metropolis rather they give that whole um, soldier's funeral and then he rises I guess like the I don't know like he rises for some reason (laughs) well at the very end the final shot of the film is the coffin and all the dirt starts to rise I don't know. We're going to have to look, that, look at that second. I actually thought he died in the movie, and um, there's just an implication that he could be resurrected. I think so, yeah. Okay. I sort of thought that final shot was showing us that he was being resurrected right that second, like he's alive in there. And I was thinking, if he's alive in there, why did he ever get in the coffin? <laughs> well, because he was actually dead. That's what I'm saying. Must be. Yeah. Must be that he's actually dead. Uh, we did get to see her use her Wonder Woman lasso, um, I actually have the only thing I know of Wonder Woman she has an invisible plane uh, I'm, yeah. I'm really disgusted how little I know of Wonder Woman <laughs> you can uh, educate yourself before her solo movie I only ever when I read comic books she was just like I like I'm reading a big issue and she's just in there as support like I don't know anything about a backstory I'm really ashamed of myself it was interesting the death of Superman just to jump back to that if he's holding a spear of kryptonite, pure kryptonite that's been sharpened, how is he able to fly? Yeah, he should have been weakening. Like, yeah. like as he was flying, it should have been a real effort. Like, ah, oh, like he's really. I thought he was going to just give it to Wonder Woman. I would, hey, hey, take this, please. I'm dying if I'm near it. And Wonder Woman, would, yeah, mm. sure, you know. Or Batman. Or Batman. Like Batman was doing nothing. <laughs> There's nothing much um, he could, can do. To be fair. Yeah, exactly. But she was holding the the lasso. He could have thrown the spear to Batman, who could have been flying through the air, cape spread in all directions, and then into the heart. But I suppose then Superman wouldn't have died, which is clearly a big point for this. Look, uh, what are you looking forward to more out of Suicide Squad and Captain America? Oh, I'm really looking forward to Suicide Squad, actually. Um, I'm really curious if Aya, who directed Fury, which I think is a very, very solid movie, if he can pull off a Dirty Dozen-esque movie. That's what I really want. Suicide Squad should be Dirty Dozen. The biggest fear I have is just everyone just can't die in superhero movies. You know, everyone's worth too much money. And if no one dies in Suicide Squad, then it takes away the the drama like people have to be uh, i'm not saying everyone should die but people the threat of somebody dying should be there on screen at all times otherwise you know and that's the problem i'm having with um the marvel movies is that i know a lot of these people aren't going to die they're either going to be resurrected or you know oh i didn't actually die you know and those those things really bug me um but i'm out of the two i'm looking forward to civil war We've actually done a video, guys, on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can find it at podmeifyoucan.com. There's a YouTube link on the on the page there. And uh, we did a video about who Marvel will kill off next and who Thanos will kill in um, when we get to, uh, what do you call it, um, Avengers Infinity War, I suppose. We don't know what's going to happen in Civil War, but um, I feel like most people are going to be safe. And it's unfortunate that these superhero movies, they sort of fight to a stalemate. I never thought in any situation that Batman was going to kill Superman or vice versa, you know. Always assumed that because because of the advertising, like because of the marketing, there's too many shots from the third act and and I went in thinking um I'm not going to be surprised and I wasn't really surprised. Um the fact that Superman's dead feels very temporary and uh, might have even been tacked on after the fact, you know, like ah, oh, this isn't interesting enough, you know. Um let's kill superman inverted commas you know he doesn't die from the nuclear explosion he's not going to die from 
from what he's dead. Like, I mean, what was it? He got stabbed through the chest. I mean, sunlight heals him. So just leave his body out in the sun for a while. He'll be all right. Look, uh, guys, that was Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice on Podme if you can. If, uh, if you guys want to talk to us, you can find our Twitters there at the website as well. Join us on Facebook for more conversation. And uh, next time on the podcast, we're going to be featuring an interview which I've done about a new Australian film. We're going from massive blockbuster here to um, basically independent Australian movie. So uh, tune in next week for uh, an interview with uh, the director and the director of photography for a film called Watch the Sunset. The entire film is done in one continuous shot. So um, that's a good one to check out. And uh, Lloyd, pleasure talking to you about Batman v Superman. Hit it. For listening, please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Pod me if you can. Movie reviews. <laughs>